0: Welcome to Full Service Radio, Window Seat. I'm broadcasting live from the Lion Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I am your host, Maya Mona Youssef. And today I would like to introduce my guest, Dr. Kokai Patterson, is a naturopathic and acu-detox specialist practicing the art of acupuncture detox since 1978, was first certified as an addictions counselor in the D.C. metropolitan area in 1983, and went on to become a CAC uh, supervisory-level Consultant for many CBOs, public schools, holistic health organizations, treatment centers where he currently teaches and trains other young aspiring acupuncturists. Um, My personal story about Baba Kokai, as we call him, um, my experience with with him as a a practitioner, I think, is um, really interesting because sometimes we look at the health as just being something that's physical, Uh, You know, maybe we have a physical ailment, maybe a a knee injury or some other kind of, uh, you know, injury where we're looking to heal a specific part of the body. But I think what is so powerful about acupuncture is that it really is a holistic approach to healing. It's not just the physical body. It addresses emotional issues. Um, (laughs) I think the first time I had acupuncture for uh, for thyroid but I thought it was really interesting that it brought up so much emotional, just everything that is attached to um, the throat chakra and um, just that whole energy center. It's emotional, it's spiritual, it's mental, it's physical. Um, and I would like to talk a little bit, well a lot of bit, <laughs> about holistic healing uh, and health and wellness. Um, so first Baba Kokai, welcome. Welcome to our show.
1: <laughs> I am so happy and <laughs> elated to be here. Sister Maya Mona. Yousef, thank, you. thank you. You know I love you. Thank I you so you much too. for thank this opportunity. You.
0: Absolutely, Baba. So first tell for people who don't know exactly what acupuncture is, sometimes it's confused with acupressure or can be confused with Who knows? (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What is acupuncture?
1: Absolutely. And this is important, especially in in communities where people are not even exposed to the whole concept of natural healing processes, Mm -hmm. let alone somebody taking a needle and sticking it in you. Uh, So acupuncture, again, is over 5,000 years old. Uh, And when I first experienced it, I was about 17, 18 years of age and I saw somebody with needles in it, and I ran the other way. I okay. said, these people have lost their mind. Right. <laughs> and of course, shortly thereafter, I met a gentleman by the name of Dr. Matulu Shakur, uh, who was Tupac Shakur's father, who is now serving time in jail for his political work Uh, in the black community and I began to train acupuncture under him but going back a little bit so acupuncture is about 5,000 years old and then uh, me getting involved and I wanted to really get deep into studying the roots of it and really where it came from because as a black man you know I understand a lot of the traditional things that have uh, come about came from Uh, the African continent. So in doing my research, I did find that out, uh, that acupuncture's oldest roots and documentation goes back to the papyrus papers, where they have uh, semblances of the acupuncture ear and the acupuncture body. So those are actually two forms of acupuncture. So we have auricular acupuncture, which is acupuncture where we treat the ear. uh, And then we have body acupuncture, where we have hundreds of points uh, all over the body that we can treat. And then the third form uh, is a uh, thermal form of acupuncture that they call moxa, where we'll take heat mm-hmm. and actually heat up the acupuncture points. Uh, some people have seen cupping with the swimmer with the red circles on mm-hmm. his back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the guy just now at the counter when he we did, just came yeah. in mentioned <laughs> bubble, bubble cups or yeah. something. I said, who? Yeah. You know, so <laughs> right. but there's so many different names for these. But that is just another uh, addition or mm-hmm. appendage to the therapy that we use. So acupuncture has been used over the years to treat all kinds of ailments. People think that it can only treat pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but acupuncture is the formal treatment modality in Asia and China in particular. Uh, and they've just recently started getting doctors who've only been around 150 years. Actually, I'm mm-hmm. 66, so mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they, just, they just beat me out a few years. But uh, acupuncture simply manipulates Uh, the body's energy. There's an energy system uh, within every human being. We have all this electrical stuff that we talk about and all this energy flowing around. If the energy did not have pathways or ways in which it was being directed, we'd be all over the place. We'd be spastic because the energy would just be flaring out all over the place. Well, in acupuncture, these are called meridians. These Mm -hmm. are energy pathways that allow this Qi, what we call it, uh, to flow through the body. And this chi or this vital energy force is what keeps all people alive. Mm-hmm. And this, of course, is from uh, traditional uh, uh, cultures and their understanding of what this chi is and what it does. Take a car. You know, you have all these different fluids and all these different systems. When things are deficient, in terms of fluid, when Mm -hmm. things are deficient, in terms of energy, the battery gets weak. Of course, other parts of the car are affected. Well, it's the same thing with acupuncture. So these meridians and these pathways are all interconnected and all relate to one another, and there's a meridian or an energy pathway for every organ and system in the body. So by needling specific points that have been uh, researched over this 5,000-year period, we're able to manipulate that energy Mm -hmm. with fine, thin needles, as thin as hair,
0: that don't um, that don't hurt. <laughs> that don't hurt. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for the PR. Yeah, people and, always uh, think it hurts. Yeah, so it yeah. But it's but you know one of the things is you know people think that it's the same size as a uh, hypodermic needle. Right. And when they say needle, you know that's the first thing that comes to their mind. And then when they see it, they say, "Hold it close, doc. I can't see it. You know, it's so thin."
0: But so yeah. now, do, do you feel like so scientists have definitely uh, they acknowledge that we are energy. The energy exists, but still, aliopathic doctors. Don't seem to. Uh, they won't validate the effectiveness of energy work.
1: Right. Actually, thank you. Uh, that's another uh, great issue uh, that needs to be addressed. Back in the nineties, um, NIH uh, uh, called a meeting uh, mm-hmm. for naturopathic and holistic practitioners mm-hmm. uh, and invited several folk. Myself, uh, Dr. Africa. I mean, just so Dick Gregory. I mean, so many mm-hmm. people. Uh, who were in the health and healing. Yes, peace and blessings to the Baba. And, you know, so many different people who were in holistic health and healing because they wanted to research this holistic information mm-hmm. because people were beginning to move towards acupuncture right. and massage and Reiki and all kinds of therapies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, after shortly afterwards, had a conference. And they had a conference on acupuncture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, again, the, the concepts that they use is, Suppressive therapy, let's suppress everything. Well, mm-hmm. We want things to flow so we can build stuff right. up. So they only acknowledged three things mm-hmm. that they felt acupuncture could deal with. Mm-hmm. Pain, morning sickness, and some effects with cigarette smoking. Mm-hmm. Now, you got
2: a billion
1: know. people in China. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is all that they're working with is right. that. So, but you already know that I've used Absolutely. acupuncture to treat... Anything imaginable, Everything. you know, high blood pressure, diabetes, cancer, um, asthma, lupus, um, you know, thyroid, whatever the case may be. But it's weird because
0: when that. you start saying that, you know, everybody gets scared. Yeah. If, if you start saying it can cure things and it becomes a a problem yeah. for, you know, yeah. aliopathic medicine. What What is the, the main difference you'll say between because there's holistic, there's uh, naturopathic, there's homeopathic, there's... What, what, what is the difference yeah. between yeah. those things? Absolutely. And so, where does acupuncture fit in that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh,
1: well, going back for one minute, though, one of the things that happens in terms of you know, their concept is, again, suppressive therapy. Let's mm-hmm. stop everything. Mm-hmm. Whereas with holistic stuff, we want to allow the body to heal itself. Mm-hmm. So we don't use the word cure because we know God... The Almighty, the Creator does that. So we are healers. Okay. So we actually empower the person to become healed. We may use a little technique, but most of the time we're doing what? Educating the person mm. and informing them as to what to do with or without the acupuncture. So when we talk about holistic medicine as opposed to conventional medicine, because mm. they use that terminology, traditional and conventional, they call themselves traditional. Traditional. But tradition has a lineage. <laughs> yeah, I was like, because natural medicine would have to be traditional. Absolutely. So yeah. we want to get that straight with folks. So that's a lot of confusion. And this is why people don't really understand the process. So with holistic medicine, we use all natural things. We mm-hmm. don't use anything processed. We don't use any chemicals. You know, uh, we use the natural things that God has provided. Air. So mm-hmm. we teach people about breathing. Right. Water. You know, without water, we dead. You know, so mm-hmm. we teach people about water and the importance of drinking water and the kinds of water that they should be drinking. Mm-hmm. Then we talk about nutrition and diet, what kinds of foods we should and should not be eating. And, of course, you know, my major thing, spiritual, you know, right. enlightenment and empowerment that people don't even associate the concept of holistic healing with. So a lot of times you hear people say, well, what is holistic medicine? Oh, treating body mind spirit so they'll start with the body in mm-hmm. the response mm-hmm. when in fact when a person starts healing from a holistic perspective we address the spirit first mm-hmm. then the mind then the body and mm-hmm. the environment whereas in uh allopathic medicine they do none of that right. they deal with the symptoms are right. you sneezing let's stop the sneezing or mm-hmm. you got a headache let's stop the headache or you have digestion problems. Let's stop the indigestion. Let's not find out what's causing the headache and treat that. Let's not find out what's causing the asthma. We just want to suppress the cough, Mm -hmm. you know, shut that system down, you know. And, you know, I talk to women about that whole process in terms of the reproductive system, Mm -hmm. uh, tampons versus some other uh, process, whereas the tampons will stop stuff. So again, suppressive therapy, you know, in that sense. So,
0: and some of, a lot of them have formaldehyde in them. Yes, the chemi- all the, the of chemicals. chemicals they use. All yeah, kind of, it's of like, Why would you want to put that in your body? Yeah. yeah.
1: So the other thing with uh, uh, the difference between the two is that uh, in holistic medicine, we want the client's involvement. Uh, mm-hmm. We discuss the issues with them, as opposed to uh, you know telling them. Uh, and directing them straight up, this is what we want you to do, Mm -hmm. Uh, and not educating them about some alternative processes. The other thing is that doctors don't take any um, intensive courses or instructional kinds of processes that deal with diet and nutrition mm-hmm. which we know is the basis of right. all of the healing processes that we use so an individual who may come to me for massage or Reiki or acupuncture you know the major thing I'm gonna tell them is hey you're gonna feel good this is going to work but we will continue to continue to work on the same problems if you don't change the diet if mm-hmm. you don't change the things that you're putting in your body that are helping to create these problems and that's like the
0: know. last thing they'll tell you at, at, at the doctor's office yes. you know it's like Absolutely. okay if you have a really super bad disease and there's no other way when mm-hmm. that should be the first thing is like what types of things would you say and i, and I know you have a children's book about this that yes. I, I bought for my son <laughs> and he thoroughly enjoys yes. you know uh, the conversations you guys have together about yes. food but what things would you say immediately to take out of your diet if you want to prolong life and, and health and vitality
1: everybody knows sugar Mm. Everybody knows that. You know, that sugar. Sh- I mean, the information is so. Uh, available now in terms of uh, the problems that are associated with mm-hmm. uh, putting sugar in your diet. And they're even talking about the different forms of sugar because people don't really know all the different forms of sugar. Right. Uh, but sugar is something that's an empty carbohydrate. You know, the carbohydrates in our body, we won't burn them up and use them as gas. But this is an empty one. So once it's burned, there's nothing else there. And this right. is why people get pumped up when they eat sugar. And then, of course, they crash. Uh, afterwards, the sugar comes from a couple of sources the beet and uh, the sugar cane, but they boil it and they take the brown stuff and make molasses, and then the leftover with mm-hmm. no nutrients whatsoever in it, you know, based on the taste, they give it to people. So, this is known to absorb all of the moisture out of the body, therefore, people mm-hmm. who wind up with diabetes because the uh, insulin is not being produced enough, you know, to break the sugar down. So the sugar is running havoc all through the body. It will actually cause the deterioration of the optical nerves. As we know, people lose their vision Mm -hmm. with high blood pressure Mm -hmm. and with diabetes. And that's because the sugar in and of itself turns into alcohol and then turns into acid. What does acid do? Eat stuff up. And we're not talking about for a week. We're talking about somebody has been doing this from birth. Mm-hmm. all the way until 30 or 40 years old now, now they got diabetes now they're wearing you know bifocal glasses you know the energy level is off and all those things so I would say sugar uh, is the major culprit in a lot of the problems that we have asthma it's one of the major causes of asthma yeast problems with women and men mm-hmm. and it's eczema so it's so hard so hard you to know. give up sugar Ooh. I mean Ooh, just, I,
0: just I, I tried for the, the first two weeks of January I'm talking about mood swings headaches just like you know, upset all the time. Like, it's really, I mean, it's really a drug. Yes. It's yes. really a drug. It's not yeah. easy to give it up.
1: Dr. Douglas told me back in 75, he said, you don't believe me, Kakai, go get the Material Medica. This is a book that all of the naturopathic doctors use, and it's defining sugar as a mood-altering substance. That's mm-hmm. a drug. That's true. You know, so, I feel happier. Know, yeah, you know, so. At least at first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I grew up fighting that whole thing and still fight it, you know, today as everybody else does. But, you know, identifying alternatives is important. Uh, but first of all, just being empowered about it and mm-hmm. knowing mm-hmm. what it is so that you can make a decision about it. Because people uh, really think that it's not that bad. You know, we've been sugar all our lives. Yeah, but you got problems and you yeah. don't even know that you have problems. Because the things that you're having problems with, you think they're normal. Yeah. digestive issues, energy issues, right. sleep issues, you know, attitudinal stuff. Uh, women's cycles would be crazy every month, mm-hmm. you know, and you think these are just normal things because you've been doing it for quite a while uh, and it came through the breast milk. So you got addicted as a baby because mm-hmm. if mama's eating it and she's feeding it through the breast milk or if they feed you milk, which has lactose in it, which right. is milk sugar, mm-hmm. you know, so people are like, wow, you know, yeah, you're actually drinking sugar in the milk, right. you know, and this is the process uh, that takes place once they take that milk and they cook it, they pasteurize it, and all kinds of other stuff happens, mm-hmm. you know. And we induce that in our bodies.
0: So, do you feel like? Um, what are some of the like success stories that you've personally mm-hmm. um, seen with uh, with acupuncture? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: mm-hmm. Okay, um, one particular story I'd like to share. Um, had to do with the effects of the auricular acupuncture protocol that I learned from Dr. Matulu Shakur Mm -hmm. uh, at Lincoln Hospital uh, up in the Bronx back in the 70s. And we call it Jamal's story, and I send it out to a lot of different people so they can check it out. And this one woman who was a nurse Mm -hmm. um, uh, was making the decision whether she wanted to learn this auricular protocol uh, that Matulu Shakur and them, you know, born into existence. And she decided to do it just to go along with it. Her son was ADD and was on two or three different kinds of drugs. Mm-hmm. He was fighting his siblings, got kicked out of school, just, you know, creating havoc in the house all day long. She decided she was going to go ahead and take the training. She came home to practice, as the instructor told her, on your family. Mm-hmm. She treated the son that day. He went to sleep. Mm-hmm. And she was amazed. So she continued the treatment process. He got better and better, stayed calm, stopped fighting with his siblings, stopped craving a lot of sweets and sugars and things of mm. that nature. They worked on his diet, and eventually he got off of all the drugs with, with the exception of wow. one. So long term, I'm sure he got off of that one too. Mm. Uh, but that's what you know, did me in uh, and made it clear to me. A personal story, my first treatment in 1972 in, in June, Uh, I met Dr. Shakur in May in 1972 in Gary, Indiana, uh, at the founding convention of what we now know as the Black Caucus. Mm. Uh, He was about 19. Yeah, he was about 19. I was 18. So we were kids and we were, you know, he was with the Panthers and Republican New Africa. And we were all, you know, doing all of these uh, progressive things Mm -hmm. uh, in our community. We met each other there. And um, a month later, uh, we all met. In New Orleans to form an organization to fight drug addiction called wow. BAD. Blacks Against Drug Addiction was the name of the organization. So we were rallying all of the progressive drug treatment programs right. in the country. When I got to New Orleans, I had the flu. And uh, they were going out to party on Bourbon Street. Young mm-hmm. guy from Washington, D.C. Never been out of town. I, I want to go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I'm sniffling and snorting and <laughs> okay. fever and everything. I, I ah, know. okay. So oh, he says, yes. Oh, oh, yeah. That's it was horrible. nice. It was beautiful. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, Let me, okay. <laughs> So he said, let me treat you. I said, no, nah, man, you're not going to stick that stuff in me. But I wanted to go. Right. And what I do is I trick my clients. I said, well, let me get one in you, okay? And he uh-huh. said, let me do one. So he knew which one was going to knock me out. Okay, mm-hmm. so he put a needle in me. I was asleep. In five minutes, I woke up 45 minutes, no symptoms. So with wow. cramps, pain, coughing, chills, sweats, all of the intense stuff that goes with the flu mm-hmm. was gone in 45 minutes. I went out that night. So I was sold. Mm. you know, in that sense. So that's two of the stories, you know, and I've worked with my family members, one uh, stepson who had cancer back in 78, who's 40 something years old now. Yeah. Uh, so we use acupuncture herbs, Dr. Sabi's process, we mm-hmm. use some of his stuff. So a lot of people that we work with through the years uh, to do that, so yeah, those are those are two of the exciting. I, stories. I'll
0: definitely testify that I I saw my thyroid gland become smaller, which is something they said can't happen. Right. You know, right? If you ever have a thyroid problem, you'll have it for the rest of your life. And I definitely saw all of those things. Yeah. You know, yeah. One of the things, cells.
1: yeah. One of the things about acupuncture is we can tonify stuff, you know, strengthen stuff, or we can reduce processes you mm-hmm. know when there's a hypothyroid or a hypo mm-hmm. we can enhance that if it's hyper we can slow that growth process down mm-hmm. in that sense you know and begin to allow the body to heal itself because that's what it takes mm-hmm. you know it has to have a chance to heal itself
0: and what about reiki because you mentioned you also are a reiki practitioner right so what's the difference well, they're both energy work what's yeah, the difference yeah reiki? uh
1: and with reiki i don't have a physical instrument uh, as an extension from my body, mm-hmm. like a needle mm-hmm. or a prodder or something like that, I'm simply putting my hands over a specific area where there's a blockage or what we would call an imbalance and generating energy, heat, But generating energy from my body via my mind Mm. and directing it down my arm, down my shoulder, down past my elbow, down my forearm, into the palm and the fingers of my hand, and the person feels the heat. Mm. And that heat, again, based on the individual thought process, the individual energy can be a negative energy Mm -hmm. or positive energy Mm -hmm. coming from the practitioner Mm -hmm. uh, based on his affirmation, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. um, based on his physical uh, uh stature or, or his physical condition let's say um is this a he- healthy person that's doing uh mm. this reiki so you, you gotta know.
0: make good choices and who your reiki practitioner is
1: absolutely just don't let nobody do no energy work on you because energy is negative and positive so yeah that's important
0: now how much of a role do you feel like thoughts play mm. in your health yes and yes. how
1: yes This is, uh, I feel, one of the most important things, if not the most important thing, because it's so much associated with spirit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as I stated before, when we address any problem, we want to address the person's spirit first. Mm -hmm. Uh, That person's spirit actually directs the mind, but people got it backwards. They think the mind directs the spirit, Mm. but the mind only responds to whatever the stimuli is. So if I'm meditating, my mind is going to respond that way. Mm -hmm. If I'm allowing the creator to be a part of me, my mind is going to respond that way and I'm going to feel that way. Mm -hmm. But if I don't allow that, then my mind is going to make choices based on other stuff that I allow to influence me that I will make choices and decisions on. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these choices and decisions I make will only be based on misinformation a little bit of information or no information at all and I'm basing it based on my emotional response Mm -hmm. you know to this stuff so what we want people to do is to learn about emotions and how they affect the mind that you're talking about right you know as opposed to you know the mind making a decision based on some you know practical or you know material kind of thing but making sure that there's a spiritual link uh to that
0: so do you think that um affirmations of health saying, you know, claiming I am healthy or I am well. Do you do you think that's just hocus pocus or do you feel like that can actually make physical changes in the body?
1: That's where it starts. Mm. Uh, when I first did my first acupuncture uh, treatments in 1979, uh, 1980, back in there, and then I opened up a clinic in 92. Mm-hmm. Uh, but working at Green Cross Acupuncture Clinic all through the 80s uh, and first starting to work there, when I would go in and I felt a certain kind of way, the person's energy would transfer to me mm-hmm. or I would go and feeling a certain kind of way and my energy would transfer to them and the treatment would be ineffective. So, mm-hmm. yes, positive information. So if I go in and somebody says, I got so-and-so and I say, wow, I hope that this acupuncture treatment I give them works. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be a hopeful approach. Mm. As I'm bringing my needle to them, I'm saying, wow, I'm I'm hoping this is going to work as opposed to this is done deal. This is going to happen. So right, my energy is alive. It. Yeah, you got to claim that's it. So,
0: that's so yeah. powerful. I yeah. mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that that's really powerful in terms of just like, and that's, that goes across the board in all aspects of your life. You know, if you're not sure footed, you know, even if we're not sure, there's always a lot going to be uncertainty in life. But that claiming of what energy are you putting on on to it? You know, is it the energy of doubt? You know, doubt is so dangerous. You know what I mean? Just anything that you want to accomplish in, you know, your goals or doubt is definitely, you know.
1: It'll shut you down. Uh, and we know that. And that doubt, again, is based on fear. Right. Uh, and fear, false evidence of things appearing to be real, mm-hmm. which means you don't really know what it is, which means you're not really informed as to what it is that you're looking at, right. you know, because your exposure has been, I'd say, not. We want to use the word limited, but your exposure has not been mm-hmm. such that you know, uh, you know what this is, and this is why I tell folk all the time that you have to study emotions. That's not an integral part, right. uh, an innate part of what we do as we raise children. We don't teach them about anger and you know deceit and loneliness and sadness and grief and Mm -hmm. you know elation and happy and you know this and and what those things mean so when they experience them now we start to explain to them what it is that Mm -hmm. they're feeling um you know and and at that point it's not too late but at that point it becomes a struggle Mm because now you got to educate them and they're right in the mix that's like going on the baseball field putting a glove on and people start hitting the ball to you you've never played Mm -hmm. this game you just seen it and heard about it (laughs) you know kind of thing so we want to make sure people are prepared Um, You know, just like people learn uh, at a certain age how to take the trash out, how to wash dishes and so forth. It's the same thing as it relates to emotions and feelings and, and spiritual stuff because children, as we all know, nowadays are very, very... Uh, informed and enlightened uh-huh. at an early age, we're putting <laughs> it mildly, folk. We're putting it mildly, <laughs> too.
0: To, to informed, sometimes. You
1: know what I'm saying. So you like, know, How do you know that? Yeah. I always
0: be saying that to my son, how, "How do you know that? Who told you that? How'd yeah. you figure that out?"
1: Yeah, using five syllable words on me and stuff. Well, <laughs> hold on now, <laughs> right. asking me what it means, and I don't even know what they said. You right. know, but but these are the things that we have to make sure. So that means we have to step up our game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and parents, you know, so uh, traditional and conventional. Um have you know made decisions that they weren't going to talk about certain things you know decades ago right. well, that 's not we don 't talk about that we wait until they're ten we 'll wait until they're twelve Well, by the time they're ten and twelve something' happened. In yeah. elementary school, and they've been exposed to things. No, thing. so, seriously, yeah. you know,
0: I sometimes like my son asked me a, like a really serious question the other day that caught me off guard and made me feel very uncomfortable. I said, "Man, I don't want to talk about this." He said, "It's okay. I, I'll go ask Siri." I said, "No, no, 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 come back! Don't ask Siri, please don't ask Siri. I don't know what she's gonna say." Right, okay, right. let's let's sit down and talk.
1: Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's by, important to do that. Yeah.
0: We're gonna um. Take a quick break. Right. We're gonna play a song uh by an artist named Stickman from a group called Dead Prez. Right. And this song is called Runners High.
3: A of a miles one step at a time. sit back on the side and let life pass me by. At a pace. The the just Four feet on the ground, yeah. Sky. No, truck in my veins, I gotta as high. I put my soul on the concrete. The rhythm of my breath controls my heartbeat. Adrenaline pumping, leg muscles working. I take off on the runway to asphalt is my airport. But I fly with my feet on the floor. Get away for an hour or more. When I run, I can feel the breeze. I feel free and at ease, like a bird flying over the sea, like an African gazelle running wild and free. I see the dirt roads in Kenya, the Masai's feet, and it's the same blood that runs through me. when it feels like I'm I'm running all empty, I'm running out of time, All stress, keep running through my mind, I resolve to continue, keep my chest up, pushing forward, overstanding everything has to run its course, my legs are my wings, they allow me to soar and endure, this life is a dream.
0: All right, we are back here on uh, Amyla's window seat on full service radio broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. On the line, on the line, I'd like to introduce my brother, my guest, who is um, joining in. And I'm so happy because I love him so much. Brother Stick, you on the line. You on the line. What up, Bobo? (laughs) What's up, Stick? Oh, man, this is my brother right here. Okay, can I just tell y'all? For those of y'all who don't know, like the funniest story of how I'm, I'm a man. Well, first of all, his music definitely impacted my life when "Let's Get Free" came out. I mean, it was it was the anthem of of everything of all life. Right. Um, all right. You know, we to, my brother had the boombox. He thought he was Radio Raheem. And, <laughs> you know, he was disrupting the peace on on the school bus and <laughs> everywhere else. You know, uh, playing "Let's Get Free," but um. I had <laughs> funny story is during Dave Chappelle's block party, right? Uh-huh. I was I don't know like eighteen or something like that, and I wanted to perform, right? And even not even wanted to perform, I just wanted to be in the building. Like Lauren Hill was going to be there, they were having a Fugees reunion, and I was like, look, I got to be up in there. But I, you know, I didn't really have a, a way to get right, in. So right, I kind of right. like, I'm just kind of like chilling at the door. I snuck in one, of the, you know, one of the singers for the Roots. Um, shout out to Martin Luther. Right. Anyway, <laughs> they put me out like three times, right? They was like, who are you? Who are you with? You know, you're not supposed to be in here. Right, right. And I kept sneaking back in, right? <laughs> And they finally put me out for the last time, and my cousin said, "Come on, let's go home." And they don't want to in here. You know, you know keep, keep some pride about yourself. So I said, "Fine, <laughs> we're gonna just go ahead and leave." And I'm leaving like I can't believe because Lauryn hadn't gotten there yet. And I said, right. "I can't believe I ain't seen Lauryn." And Stickman walks in in, in, the, in the room, and he's he's singing this song that my mother wrote about the Trail of Tears, mm. called "Oklahoma Track." And he's just walking by saying, "Chickasaw, Chickasaw, Chickasaw, Chickasaw," and I turned around and said, "How you know that song?" It was like, you know, he had been at a show where I performed it and Uh, I didn't know. And anyway, he asked me if I could sing. And I was like, yeah, I can sing. He's like, you know my songs? I was like, I know all your songs. (laughs) So he brought me back into the rehearsal room, and I walked past. I'm friends with her now, but the Roots tour manager Tina. I was like, I'm up in here. (laughs) (laughs) I belong now. Stick told me. I could come. (laughs) And I ended up performing at the Dave Chappelle Block Party and being in the movie. Mm -hmm. But this brother has been a comrade and a teacher and a mentor and just a friend All right. um watching his journey you know sending him music getting his opinion you know he's blessed me and allowed me to be a part of uh you know several of his projects so stick oh, man, man how you doing brother
2: hey, i'm super <laughs> duper man wow you took me back with that All right. All right. All right. Uh, and let me let me greet you Bobby True. salute to you man and thanks for sharing your wisdom
1: yes sir thank you so much and thank you for what you do too stick man
2: right on yeah man good to be chopping it up with y'all i was really enjoying all that wisdom on the uh acupuncture I, I i'm a i can uh testify to the benefits as well man all my mm-hmm. family's been using acupuncture for some years now so great, great that was great
0: yeah no it's yeah i I swear but i send everybody to baba Kokai. Yes i'm always does. like you, <laughs> w- w- what problem you got i'm, I'm gonna tell you can fix it um <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Thank but stick right, get some acupuncture. Exactly. No, seriously, for everything. It's like it's like like how your mommy's just put robot testing on everything. That's how acupuncture <laughs> is in my butt. Oh, that's right. Thank but you. That's right. man, you are so multifaceted. Outside of just being an M C, you have now become a fitness guru and uh have created the RBG Fit Club Empire. Talk to us mm. about that. What, what's that? What's that about, brother?
2: Well, okay. Let's. I, I wanna. I wanna humble that up because a lot of people. <laughs> I say, wanna humble that up. <laughs> you know, I'm a right. fitness guru and all this stuff. And you're a guru really, to
0: me, I'm, okay? <laughs> I,
2: well, you saying I'm. I'm a. I'm a student of uh, martial arts. I'm a student of uh, qigong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a runner. I'm a archery instructor. Um, and I'm just a student of of, of life and. My wife put me on a game about how diet affects our ability to heal ourselves. And that changed my life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I was in the street life and all that. And uh, those disciplines helped me, you know, see a a much more powerful way to live. And I wanted to share that with the platform we had as uh, Dead Prez. And so we created RBG Fit Club to kind of summarize some of that in in a, in a way that people could get into, instead of like a fan club, you know what I mean, right. or, a, a, a fit club, a lifestyle, a mm-hmm. movement. Mm-hmm. And uh, in my journey, there was five principles that kind of stood out of how I, you know, went from, you know, 40s and blunts and, and stress and chicken and beef and all these things to the lifestyle i live now what we call healthy gangster um right.
0: healthy gangster uh, like that
2: you know what i mean we, yeah. we um there were five principles that really stood out and those were uh knowledge nutrition exercise rest and consistency mm. and i had to become aware i had to get the knowledge of what i the power i had that i was abusing um, I, you know, I had to become a student, you know, be open to information, you know, and to apply it. So that was number one. Um, nutrition, that was, you know, my uh, gateway to just more self-understanding, better health, better uh, uh, nourishment in general when I changed my diet to a, a plant-based diet. Um exercise was about being being active in martial arts training and running and yoga and boxing and all those things mm. to bring back that sense of like play and fun, but also staying fit. Um, restoration was about when I would learn things like uh, Baba mentioned about the Chi and how sleep is master Qigong and uh, balancing your energy out, you know, uh, with rest and taking mm-hmm. breaks and and having uh, this time for relaxation, recognizing that's where we are—we uh, sustain our energy, energy instead right, of just healthy. using it up. Um, and then our fifth principle for RBG Fit Club, which you know from life experience became our foundation of what it's about, is consistency. Hmm. And um maintaining your inspiration um, over time and your commitment over time by making it uh, not a diet but a lifestyle not uh, I'm trying to lose 10 pounds (laughs) but I want to maintain healthy balance in health, love, hustle and play for the rest of my life so that's the foundation of RBG Fit Club and what we try to share and all of the creative stuff we do
0: I'm in I know. Yeah, I, 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 is, is that on the website? I, I, I need a copy that to put on my wall <laughs> yeah. at home.
2: Right on. Well, we actually we're launching a, a new. We have our website. We've been uh, we were founded in 2011 mm-hmm. with myself and my wife Afia yeah. Ibomo. and we have a brand new website that in about 10 days will go live. Okay, that is wonderful. Kind of like an upgrade to what we've been doing. We've been learning always, students. Um, that's a fundamental principle is to keep learning, expect change. And so we realized that, uh, you know, websites and online activity is, is always changing. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to see how we could better serve people, what type of information we want to share, a way to make our community just kind of grow and just be more
0: effective.
2: And so we excited we're going to be launching that. We have a new podcast that will nice. be coming out
0: oh, wonderful. every
2: Every 10 days. So mm-hmm. it's the RBG Fit Club podcast. Awesome. So
0: I can't wait. I'm going to work out to that. <laughs> I need there
2: that. It is, man. And, it's, and, and, and the podcast, even though we're the RBG Fit Club, when we say fit, we're talking about, like I said, health, love, mm-hmm. hustle, and play. So a uh, well-rounded well-being. So yeah. the podcast is is, is, is there to kind of show that and uh and offer a whole wealth of wisdom, you know, from different people and different experiences in for the holistic lifestyle
0: yeah no that 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 is excellent excellent i can't i mean and that is part of like for me affirmations any kind of like little quotes like i have it pasted all over my house just you know what i mean mm. like because you need that yeah. kind of reassurance that little reminder you know uh, to be disciplined right. to be focused you know I. so how how would what would you say to a person who because if if we look at traditionally for black people in particular in america coming from slave culture where uh you know food is only about survival it's not about health it's about how do we you know you're getting the scraps of the of the the pig you make chitlins or Mm. you know so you're coming Mm -hmm. from survival culture how do you transition from just surviving to you know thriving and actually being healthy um, one step at a time because for some people it could seem very overwhelming to overnight
2: mm-hmm. now
0: make certain changes that they're not used to. That you know, and the, like we were talking about the sugar being a drug, like literally getting mm-hmm. an addict clean. How do you go through that process one step at a time where um, you can see longevity in it?
2: Yeah, yeah, that that is the massive question, right? Okay, there. So, um. And and it's really that's why the five P's as we call our five principles the five P's is really uh, as simple as it sounds those five things mm-hmm. is really a blueprint
0: okay, for yeah.
2: lasting change you mm-hmm. know that knowledge principle is just becoming aware like like Harriet Tubman said I could have freed more people if, if they, they would have acknowledged slaves. they were enslaved yeah right mm-hmm. so. You know, but when we're stuck in our ways, we're stuck in our traditions, we're stuck in our habits, and whatever we're attached to. A lot of times, we won't acknowledge, uh, you know, that we're not living, let's say, our potential. You know, we won't acknowledge that we're doing certain things to ourselves just with our
0: habits until something huge happens. Yeah,
2: right. Like,
0: you know, I mean, can can you speak a little bit about? I don't know, you were a teenager or you were like in your early 20s when you experienced uh, gout, when you developed gout? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yep. I,
2: um, you know, standard rap life. I got into um, uh, the street life just based on uh, the influence of the culture and and limited understanding about, you know, how things work. And what was available to me was you know the same uh, kind of toxic outlook, you know, and getting high, uh, toe guns, doing things like that to try to find that that, that what I thought was manhood in that, and uh, the diet and the you know the fast food stores and all of that stuff was just my lifestyle, and but I got blessed with what what. Most people would call a sickness. I call a blessing. Right. Because, because when I got diagnosed with now, I woke up one morning from a night of partying and drinking, candy and all this stuff, and woke up and my ankle was swollen. Mm. And when I stepped down on it, it uh, it was so painful I actually fell on my face. Mm. And I don't know what happened. I, you know, if I got bit, I don't know. And coming to find out I had gout. The over over buildup of uric acid um according to Western medicine in my in my system from uh highly acidic uh diet, alcohol, smoking, stress. Mm. I had the perfect yeah. recipe for that. Okay. But yeah. usually in the black community, gout is something that you're much older, yeah. you know, like I remember grandmas and great-grandmas would be like, oh, that gout, you know, and blah, blah, blah. But it was (laughs) never something associated with young folks. And for me to get gout at that time really matured and kind of made me so mindful about my choices. And I was given a choice, you know, Mm -hmm. um, to continue. You know, the doctor was like, get on this medication and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And my wife was like, nah, we're going we gonna to use the power of nature. Sophia was already it on it back
0: dying. then. She was on she it back was then. was on it, man. And that's so you powerful. Know? You know, And because I, I love yeah. that you and your wife and your whole family, you all have made these healthy choices together. Like you've made it, you know, because it's hard when only one person in the family is on a certain path and, and mm-hmm. other people mm-hmm. in the household are not, you know. But when you're doing this together, like, like what is what is that like? Like, tell me about the, your family decisions to be healthy.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, she is definitely you know I call her Green Green and Zinga.
0: Okay. <laughs> you,
2: you know she she definitely brought that. She that is our legacy as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, her vision. She was a vegetarian at that time, mm-hmm. and then for to heal me, we both went vegan. Wow. And um, she did all the research. And it just made it such an easy transition, you know right. <clears throat> um she went on to get her uh degree in nutrition wow, okay. and uh holistic health counseling and do her cookbooks and things of that nature so uh and and then we were able to have our two sons at home for mm-hmm. home birth and raise them with a totally revolutionary um uh, healthy lifestyle, yeah. And, you know what I mean. So that's just the, and then I, I, I totally I left, I left my old life, and and you know, just got so um absorbed in healthy living and and seeing how could I be a translator to people, uh, who ain't around that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? People who. Don't don't necessarily relate to it because you it might culturally you might see only a Eurocentric influence
1: that's
2: right. or you just don't see you know us so um I you know I was like well with hip hop man we, we have a really powerful tool with our culture to be able to sample right and remix and right. uh you know take these different elements and, and express it in our style so that's I. I found out that was my my, my path that's mm-hmm. my dharma that's what, that's what mm-hmm. i do well so it, like i said the doubt really uh became an entry point for the legacy that i'm supposed to live so i'm, I'm grateful
0: and and the, and the music that you make i mean for real you are the only person in the game that can address you know pharmaceutical companies you can talk about you know exercise love, family, anything, you know, and make it dope. No, seriously. And it's like, I remember when you all first, um, Depress first mixtape came out and I heard y'all doing that. Uh, y'all flipped that biggie joint. Um, It was all a dream. Um, And you all you also did, um, you did Juicy and you also did the Aaliyah joint. We need a revolution. And I'd never heard anybody do that before. I was like, wow, they're taking, I mean, honestly, y'all were the, the blueprint for me to start doing that. You know, I was like, dang, that was crazy. Like Press did that but it's like you all made this information now accessible in a way that it wasn't before. And then I I watched your, um, your journey as you know, you started doing that, like with the workout album and, and just really Mm -hmm. taking these concepts that like you say are, are not concepts that, people talk about especially not in hip-hop music or popular music you know a lot of times artists Mm -hmm. feel like they have to only talk about the club or about a relationship or about hustling or you know those they feel Mm -hmm. locked into these boxes and you really broke down all those walls and said I can talk about anything in a song that I talk to you know talk about in conversation and and you you expanded the space that dialogue could could happen in and what types of dialogue could happen so I just want to tell you big up and and thank you because I feel like you made that space available for other artists to be able to do that. You know, I probably would have never wrote, you know, my song about Monsanto (laughs) GMO seeds had I not heard y'all's mixtape, you know? So definitely. Thank you. You know, one for the culture.
2: I'll pass that forward to the, to our ancestors and to the most high cause you know, they give us our, our abilities to do what we do. So, yeah.
0: And you know what? Sometimes, um, Common closes the show with "Juicy," and I still slipping. We are Africans, <laughs> damn right we are. <laughs> I got to throw that one. Yo, no, me too. <laughs> right. So, yeah. oh my God, we we um man, we running out of time right now. I wish we could, could, could okay. keep, keep talking, but um, brother Stick, I want to thank you for for coming on and speaking to us. You know. Just about um, the path. And please, what's the website um, that's going to be launched in 10 days? I need to, um, oh, you know, okay, print all that RBG,
2: out. RBG, like red, black, and green, dot com
0: in 10 days. And also... Um, yep,
2: and that's the name of the podcast, too, is RBGfitClub Podcast. It'll be on iTunes. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, yeah we're on our Instagram, RBGfitClub, so...
0: Okay, perfect. And Baba I know you want to? Um, there is an event that's coming up, Baba that We want to plug, right? Black yes. the Black History Month fast.
1: Yes, yes, we have a uh, Black History Month program
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, on February the twenty fourth at uh, Ideal uh, uh, Learning Center mm-hmm. uh, at uh, forty five hundred one Dick's Place in uh, Northeast Washington, uh, and we're celebrating. Health, mm-hmm. but we're celebrating the ancestors who've been dealing with health Dr. Sabe, Dr. Mm-hmm. Wellsing, you know, all of these people, Baba Dick Gregory, all of whom I've worked with yeah. since 1975. My personal uh, relationships with all of them Dick Gregory back in 75, Dr. Sabe, uh, I worked with. Uh, we had him here in D.C. Uh, the last uh, couple of years ago, Doctor Wellsing uh, mm-hmm. we want to honor, but we want to look at the health. So, you know what my brother Stickman is saying, brother. I'm really, really proud of you, and that's one of the major things. As, my mom, as Mumu knows <laughs> that I'm about being in the community. They call me the Hood Doctor, so I'm mm-hmm. joining. I'm joining your organization, and we're going to do some things together. I wanted to plug that. So, but Black awesome. History Month, we want to invite everybody out. Uh, to come on out, we're going to have lectures around health, diabetes, high blood pressure. We're going to have a lot of the holistic practitioners in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, that will be there presenting. We're going to a lot of um, uh, drumming, dancing, etc. But the major thing is recognizing that black history, when we celebrate it, we just don't want to tell Martin Luther King's story. Mm-hmm. We just don't want to tell the story of Queen and Zenga and Dick Gregory and Welsing. We want to tell their stories and what they did so that we can duplicate it. Mm-hmm. So Black History Month is about duplicating. You only got 28 days, you know, <laughs> but we know it's 365 every day of the year. So when you come to this program, know you're going to hear about the history of health, you know, how we started out with that slave diet that man was talking about, and how we came up to where we are now, mm-hmm. and how we're still doing certain things, but we made some progress, and how we need to look at what Dr. Saby, what Dr. Welsing, Dick Gregory, and all those who've gone before Have done so that we can continue to promote. And
0: what about the fast? I know you said we're challenging everyone to. Absolutely. What type of fast is is this that you're Okay, in honoring
1: the ancestors, we want to celebrate them and we're asking people to do a fast of some. Form or fashion that fast will be stop smoking cigarettes or stop smoking as many cigarettes. Leave sugar alone for the month of February. Stop stealing. Stop fighting. Stop fussing. Stop uh, gossiping. You know. Stop stabbing and shooting and domestic abuse and you know. Leave our children alone and you know. All of the, we need to stop this behavior. So we need people to recommit to mm-hmm. doing things that would make them a better person and in mm-hmm. turn make their families better and right. in turn make our community better Absolutely. and in turn make our race better and the nation and the world uh, mm-hmm. better. So we're asking people to contribute in that way.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. awesome. Well, Baba yes. and Brother Stick, thank I you. love y'all for real, for real, like with my whole heart. So thank y'all <laughs> well, so you, much sir? for coming on to the show. And um, afterwards, if you want to send anybody to fullserviceradio.org, all of the shows will be uh, back cataloged, so you'll be able to listen and, you know, send people the information. And uh, where can they reach you, Baba?
1: Yeah, let me holler out to the ADS Collective. I know y'all out there listening. These are my students who are putting this program on Black History Month. But you all can holler back at me at 202-412-4880. Do something
0: and book your acupuncture session, yeah. <laughs> please. Get your <laughs> life right. Well, thank y'all so much. This has been Maimouna Youssef on a Myla's Window Seat on full-service radio, broadcasting from the Line Hotel. Woo! Jack, take us out. Take us out.